Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast. I'm your host, James Woodham. And I am your co-host, Juliet. Juliet has a decade of architectural experience in the US. And James has completed over 250 home renovations in the UK. Together, James and I have over 35 years experience designing and building homes. This podcast was created to give you, the homeowner, the power and the knowledge to get your project done right, on time, and with quality workmanship. We've been going for just over a year now, and we have over 50 episodes for you to listen and absorb all the information from key experts in the industry. That's right. We've spoken to industry leaders, builders, architects, and the best part of what we do is hear from you, the homeowner, what went right and what went wrong. We really hope you like listening to this podcast, and if you do, please leave us a review. Reviews expose us to more listeners, which in turn means we can help more homeowners save money and avoid the chance of things going wrong. With that said, let's get into today's show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. Hope you've had a good week, and uh, this week is pretty much um, a short week because we've got Easter coming up. Um, so whatever you've got planned, whether you're going away for Easter, whether you're just staying at home and catching up on things, um, or spending time with your family, or you're finally getting some long weekend in to do some work on your renovation. So whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great time. Um, on this week's episode, I'm speaking to Jamie and Charlotte. Uh, they're easy to be found on Instagram. Uh, just look for at Roost Renovations. I did ask them why they called it that name. Um, and they come up with a few names, but, uh, that one was quite interesting. So I just wanted to dig into why, why they chose that name. Um, but I had a good conversation with them. It's their second property. Um, the first property they bought was in 2015 in Surrey Keys in London. And they literally done a full refurb on that. Um, they, had a bit of an interesting situation with the mortgage advisor when they, um, as I'm sure a lot of people do, uh, they go onto the internet, they put in their calculations as to what they're earning and it comes back and says that you can borrow, um, quite a surprising amount. Um, but then when they, uh, went in to do a little bit more, uh, digging down on, on, on the finances found out that, uh, they had actually a smaller budget to work with than they expected, but they made the best of it. And that's the best thing. Um, they went through a lease extension. So if this is something that you're about to go through, um, this is a good, uh, episode for you as well. So listen up. Um, but I start speaking to them about their second place, which is a grade two listed building or grade two listed property. And, uh, this time they're going to be renting this property out. So they're doing it as a buy to let. Um, it's, uh, the first episode of a three part series. So they will be coming back on and we're going to find out a lot more of on how they're getting on, but they are, um, using the same builders that they used before. And, um, uh, it's a grade two listed building. So there's a lot of challenges that can come up and, uh, a lot of things that you have to, to watch out for. So, um, it's an interesting episode. Um, other than that, I just want to let you know that we are one episode away from announcing our competition. Um, we will be celebrating our hundredth episode in six episodes time. So we're going to be doing a competition. Um, it's worth 100 pounds. Uh, so definitely listen out. 
for how you can enter into that competition. Um, and we will be announcing it on every intro for every episode from next week's episode. So other than that, have a great week. Enjoy Easter and speak to you soon. Thanks very much. Roost Renovations. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, how did you come up with the name? Um, I think we were, we had a bit of a brainstorm and we didn't know whether to just kind of call it after the building, like a lot of people do. Um, but we kind of wanted, we've kind of got an idea that we want this to be a business. Um, I'm self-employed with no kind of pension to speak of. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to have something that we could build on and build this kind of business. So we decided that it should be called something other than the house name, which being hazard house as well, didn't really lend itself to a kind of (laughs) positive uh, outlook on it. So um, it took us a little while, but then we both really liked that name and just thought we should go for it because we could have been there for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to decide. Um, so was it kind of like um, write some names down on pieces of paper, then put them into some kind of raffle and see what you come up with? <laughs> um, we just kind of batted them back and forward, didn't we? We just kind of spent yeah. a couple of days shouting at each other from room to room going, what about this? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had more pun names than anything else, sort of trying to be yeah. funny. But then it's... I think we backed down to uh, something a bit like nest, like one word and, um, okay. I think some okay. people are calling like roosters and all like the tenants would be roosters and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Just quite so a fun up, name. What, what was, what was other names that, uh, that got put into the choice? Oh, oh God, God, I can't remember. I can't, I can't there was remember a lot any. of kind of, there was a lot of very corporate sounding ones as well that we thought, oh God, if we put that onto an Instagram, people would just think we're like <laughs> too, too corporate. <laughs> and, yeah. Not um, really the sort of vibe we were going for. Okay. Okay. Um, I must say, looking at your Instagram, um, I'm liking the way that you design it. It's quite different. It's, it's, it's not what I usually see. And, um, I'm liking how that you, you've put in on, uh, some mentions here. So designer Sunday house. Um, can you explain what that, what that is about? Um, went away recently actually on a trip uh to paris and because this is all we talk about now Mm. relationship now revolves around houses um and business um and we were just sat in a cafe and we were kind of thinking that you see so many um instagrams of kind of redevelopments and they're all really interesting to us and we Mm. love seeing the process and being ripped out and all the kind of disgusting, non-pretty stuff. Um, but we're both really interested in interiors and I'm a graphic designer, so I really love design and all of that sort of stuff. So we mm-hmm. just kind of were trying to brainstorm ideas about what would make it more interesting, kind of break up that initial rip-out phase that will end up being very samey the whole way through. Okay. We kind of wanted to inject some pretty into our initial uh, <laughs> feed, basically. It's good. It's enjoyable to to actually scroll through 
Um, so just for the benefit of our listeners, just tell, tell your story, um, and, uh, how you got started and then we can go from there. Sure. So, um, we bought our first place that we live in now in, uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we did a full kind of refurb of that place because, um, it was a bit of a kind of state when we moved in because of what we could afford. Um, with Charlotte being self-employed, we had, um, a little bit of a struggle sort of when you go online and, uh, look at the agreements in principle and you put in what you earn and they say, Oh, you can borrow half a million pounds. We're like, Oh, great. Perfect. <laughs> so you can, uh, yeah, of course. we can get a perfect house already redone and everything like that. But then when you, uh, you come to speak to a mortgage advisor and they say, well, actually it's two years ago's earnings and you have to prove and show all your tax and everything. So we ended up with a budget much smaller than we first anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, Reality check. Yeah. That was a strong moment in the mortgage advisor's yeah. uh, meeting, just going like, oh, oh, so we half our budget now. Cool. Um, so we went ahead and bought a place that was in the right location. So we're in uh, Surrey Keys in southeast London, mm-hmm. which is so close to the city, but it is kind of... Um, there's not much going on in the, the the place itself, but the links were amazing. So we thought, right, we'll go for location and we'll get a place that we can spend time and sort of money doing up ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that one's all finished now. We did a lease extension on that as well because it was a very short lease. So that was a another interesting process for us to go through and extend the lease. There was so much new information that we were learning and we had a great solicitor to help us do that. So we're not kind of scared of that anymore um and we used that uh equity that we built up by increasing the lease term to release the money and that was kind of the deposit for uh the buy to let property that we wanted to move forward on okay um so we started I think we kind of went through that process i'm oh, sorry <laughs> no carry on i think we kind of found through that process that we both loved doing Houses up. I think in the beginning, neither of us thought that we might end up doing this as a kind of further on business and more projects. Mm. Um, but we just loved doing it so much and found that we could make money from it on ours and figured why not carry it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. What what is Charlotte- it that- yeah. I was going to say, what is it that you love about it though, Charlotte? Um, I think, well, we both love different things. For me, it's just another creative outlet. It's designing interiors and mm. all that kind of stuff. I absolutely love that we don't have the money to do exactly what I would want to do. But okay. even trying to get it in on a budget is interesting and exciting for me. Um, whereas I think Jamie loves more of the YouTubing tutorials about how to do anything DIY related and then giving it a go. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely like, I think I'm more the execution side. So I'm like you, I'm like you, Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. Just like I never laid a floor before and we were like, Oh, okay. So we want wood floors. Like, right. I guess I'll learn how to lay wood flooring and you just kind of give it a crack on the first time and figure it out as you go. And hopefully the end result is all right. Um, It's worked out okay. Yeah. It's still there. It's it's still there. (laughs) We have a floor. That's good. Is there anything that you've given a try that, but halfway through it, you thought, okay, no, this is not for me. 
Um, we didn't have too many um, disasters. Like I put a couple of holes in the wall trying to put in a floating shelf that then needed to be repaired. But I think we were quite in the, on the first one. We were quite sort of realistic about what we could do, and I didn't try and do any plumbing. I didn't try and do any electrics or okay. or anything like that, or move any walls or anything. But I think as we move on to this next property, I'll give a go to maybe fitting a kitchen which is something we didn't do before and then as i learn i'll try and maybe pick up a little bit of plumbing and this that and just try and progress really sure what what would you say is your style that i mean looking at the images here what would you say that you're the start the type of style that you're going for in this property um i think because it's a victorian of old um traditional type of building we're kind of looking to do a bit of a mix of traditional and modern um Mm -hmm. it's kind of taking color palettes and all that kind of um traditional heritage inspiration but then obviously making it a lot more contemporary for hopefully the people that want to come and rent from us um so all the kind of living spaces might be traditional colours, but then we're going to have a really modern kitchen and super modern bathroom. And it's just trying to mix those and blend them together. So how far would you say that you've got at the, at the moment? Um, I think we're about probably 25% of the way through. I've got my mm-hmm. Excel spreadsheets with like a list <laughs> of jobs and this needs to be done scheduled time completed time and i work in finance so everything is spreadsheet based spreadsheet sure. plan, all that kind of stuff <laughs> okay good so, um about 25 percent of the way through a lot of the um kind of finding tradesmen to come in we've we've found the guys that we want and we've got good quotes and mm-hmm. now we're sourcing materials and, and that kind of stuff so as soon as we kind of hit the button on okay get the trades in i think that percentage will shoot through the roof really quickly and then the yeah. last 25 percent will be sort of slower as we're picking the right furniture and picking the right finishes and things like that so about a quarter of the way through i think it's a lot of kind of prep work that's pretty dull like sanding prepping painting sure. white yeah. ceilings white again and sanding prepping and doing the same thing kind of over and over again which you know you have to do but it's just so boring you do a whole day's worth of work and then you look at it and go, oh, the ceiling's the same colour and there's not much change, but you've done a whole sort of eight hours of graph. I know, it yeah. just doesn't look like anything. No, that's the tough bit though, isn't it? It's sometimes um, the, the, so there's elements of the work that you do in a property that um, you visually you can't see, but you know that the prep, uh, it needed to be done. It's, yeah, it would be good. worth it in the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, Charlotte, with you being self-employed, I guess that's really working to your benefit with this property because of the flexibility on timings because you're not so rigid with that. Is, is, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier. Um, obviously, all the days that I take off um, mean that I don't make money, uh, which is kind of difficult. But then I am a lot more flexible with when and how much time I can take off than Jamie is because he obviously gets a certain amount per year but it has the benefits of having one person in one set of employment and one person in the other has worked out quite well for us i think yeah Um, i am i'm probably more 
leaning towards the side of if you need to go to ikea or something like that i don't know if you've been on the weekend when you can only go on a weekend (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah if you're if you're self-employed maybe you can go during the week and it's it's always a bit more relaxing you know and you can focus a little bit more on what you're what you're trying to look at yeah we're a lot more flexible and we did go to ikea when we had a week off the other day on a friday and it was amazing it was a revelation i didn't get a headache i didn't feel ill i didn't get angry at people it was just the queue wasn't as big i know there was hardly anyone in there it was amazing yeah it's good ikea is fantastic when it's empty oh yeah when it's full (laughs) it's not so much (laughs) um so can we just talk a little bit about that lease um uh situation that you went through can you talk about because there might be someone listening that is going through the same position. So is there anything that you learned from, um, or what was, what was so painstaking about it? Sure. So, uh, the process, I think the main thing that we learned is you have to have so much patience. Mm. Um, cause you, you start the process and you petition the freeholder. They have, I think a minimum of a month or something to reply. And it, it tends to be that the freeholders are either big asset management firms or, are sort of managed by people who know the system very, very well. So mm-hmm. they will, I mean, we, every time that they responded to us, they responded half an hour before each deadline because yeah. they knew that if they could try to squeeze us for time and we were trying to get this lease extension to sell, that we might reduce our uh, offer right. um, to get it done quickly. So every time it was the negotiations between the surveyors, because we had a surveyor come in and they they set a value for what they think we should pay for the lease. And the freeholder has a surveyor and they come in and say what the freeholder wants for the extension of the lease. Mm. And then there's six months of what they, they call it negotiation, but really it's five and a half months of radio silence. Mm. And then in the last two weeks, all the negotiation happens um, and you finally get that kind of final price right at the end of the six months. Uh, right. process so it was just a real you kind of have to just throw it out there and sit back and relax and i'm not particularly good at sitting back and <laughs> relaxing um because it, it's it's really out of your hands you really have to trust that your solicitor and your surveyor are going to handle it because it's it's such a legal and fairly convoluted process that for a layman it's difficult to kind of get involved and it's just sending emails and be like, are we okay? Is everything all right? Sort of every month. Um, mm-hmm. but, but more than that, there isn't, there isn't particularly much that you can do to progress it. So have patience, I think is the main thing. Yeah. If you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today. Did it did it actually work out um, quite well in the end, though, for you? Yeah, because we, we went 
under pressure for selling. Yeah, we weren't under pressure for selling. So we, we, we got a good price for the, for the extension. I think it added immediately sort of more value than, Mm. um, the cost of the extension. Okay. Okay. So on this property, you've got, you're, you've selected the tradesman. Um, what process did you end up choosing for that? Did you go, did you find them online or recommend, recommend it to you? How did that work out? For the electrician, we'd used uh, the same electrician uh, in our current property and we mm-hmm. really liked him. Uh, the team that came over all really nice and sort of came on time, kept you informed. Uh, the office behind them was really good as well. And you could kind of trust that invoices would get sent and it was all above board and everything. So that we used the same electrician. Okay. Um, and we are also attempting to, in the new property, change the boiler from a full system boiler to a combi, um, and have the bathroom, um, fitted by the, by the same people. Okay. So we went online, I think checker trade and just put in our location, put in boiler or gas service and uh, gas insulation. And I think I picked the top 10 local trades, wrote up an email explaining what we wanted uh, and what the property was like, first floor flat, all the kind of bits that I thought that they might need to know, kind of mm-hmm. spec it up. Uh, sent an email out to all 10, and I think five or so got back. I had, I think I had five or six of them round, uh, to quote, sometimes one on top of the other. So I was a bit worried that they would be there at the same time and <laughs> it was sort of a argument. Really competition against each other. Exactly. Yeah. It really wasn't pressure. that we were trying to, <laughs> to pit them against each other. It was just, um, I wanted a, I'd never done it before. I never, I didn't have a particularly good idea of what the cost might be. So as men, as much information as I could, could gather was, was important for me. Mm. So yeah, we had them round. we chatted through one of the guys was amazing. He spent 45 minutes, uh, talking through from pipes to the different boilers, to the different flows. Um, problems with the magnetic cleansing that we might have. So he was really like helpful in sort of explaining bits that I had no idea about. And then I, okay. I learned all that information from him. And then when I was chatting to the other people that turned up, I was like, Oh, so yeah, we've got microball pipe. I don't know if you've noticed that yet. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, someone, someone knows what they're talking about. And it was only because <laughs> the first guy had told me anything. Right. <laughs> so, but out of, out of the five, um, don't say who they are, but who, what, what made you, what was like the one thing that you decided, okay, well, we won't go with them. Was there anything in particular that, because we always try to help tradesmen, um, be better tradesmen as well. So if there was anything that uh, stood out for you that you thought, uh, not, don't really like that or don't like their manner. I think it was, um, it was mainly the discussion. So if you, if, if I was walking around and saying, we want this, we want that, we want this. And they weren't kind of asking any questions back or sort of discussing it with you. They were kind of just going, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Then I kind of felt that maybe they weren't particularly involved in it or maybe they didn't particularly want it or want to discuss it. So it was, it was the main selling point was the interaction. Um, okay. So the two firms that were running the top two were the ones that had the time to chat and sort of discuss ideas and stuff like that. Sure. Um, 
but I appreciate that tradesmen are very, very busy and there's not really any return on investment for the time that they're quoting and they must quote so often that having a massive discussion every time you go around to somebody's house must be difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I'm, I'm happy that you, you, you acknowledge that as well. I think like that's not, I don't think I've actually heard that from a, from, from a homeowner before, but, um, that is very true. That is very true. But at the same time, um, if you're, if you're not actually hearing anything, then you've got not, not much to go on as well. Mm. So. Well, no, exactly. And I think sometimes you want them to ask questions just in case there's things that, you haven't thought about and that they obviously have expertise in whether we need to move a layout around or kind of get their expert opinion on what we're planning on doing rather than just going, yep, 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 yep. If they have a better way or they can see something that's going to come up in the future, it's kind of nice to know about that upfront rather than getting a quote for a job that they haven't really been involved in. Yeah. And then they kind of discover stuff when you're halfway through the job and that costs an extra thousand pounds here and thousand pounds there. It just True. kind of reassures you a little bit as well. Absolutely. I think, um, did, did you, you I, at the end, you have to see it as that it's, um, it's an interview at the end of the day. You're trying yeah. to find out how this, these people are coming over to your home and you're potentially going to hire them. So. There's a lot of things you're looking out for. So. Yeah. And I think especially, um, when we did our flat, there were often times when it was me on my own and with just a guy or two working, like doing the bathroom and the kitchen and stuff. And you might not think about it kind of in general day to day life. But when you're in that situation, I was pleased with the people that we picked to do our bathroom because I felt like. I was comfortable in my own home on my own while they sure. were doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So what's next then? What's next on in the next couple of months? We'd, we want to get you back on again. Um, so what plans have you got for the next couple of months on the property? Uh, on my side, which is more the kind of like, building stuff because the building that we have is um grade two listed okay. um we we're hoping to move and change the boiler but it requires moving an external flue i must have bored my friends to death with the talk of this flue but <laughs> um it needs to move and so we need to get listed building consent um so i'll kind of be doing that and then once hopefully we get listed consent um it'll be sort of getting the boiler changed, getting the electrician into the kitchen, getting the plaster into the kitchen. And then I can, I'm so looking forward to putting this Ikea kitchen together. It's like a puzzle. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there are boxes everywhere and you won't stop going on about putting it together. <laughs> did you plan it yourself? Did you, did you draft up the plans yourself or did you get one of the Ikea um, assistants to help you? We, uh, we went through using their online tool, okay. um, and kind of got a pretty good, um, idea of what we wanted and how it wanted to look. Cause we're going to use, uh, IKEA cabinets, um, for the shelves and then go with a kind of, um, bespoke fronts kind of company to do the doors and, and everything like that. And then also a 
um, bespoke worktop as well because of the uh, the service gap on IKEA cabinets. I know this is all everyone mentions on IKEA kitchens that you have to leave a service gap at the back for all the pipes and, and everything. So we're going kind of custom. But then we went into IKEA and spoke to one of their advisors, and they talked about how you need a special dishwasher door because of the strange dimensions on ikea dishwasher cabinets and how you definitely need this cover panel but perhaps not that cover panel so they really have great expertise for just talking you through the really like minute details of what you might find halfway through putting the kitchen in and go oh god i've got to go back and get this piece or something like that so we had a good yeah, idea they of design than, they were more than happy to um sit and chat to us and ended up being about half an hour, 45 minutes, even though we'd already designed it. But they were more than happy, even though we weren't using their appliances or their doors or their worktops. We were literally buying carcasses. The guy was still just as helpful as he would have been if we were doing the whole kind of shebang with them. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's customer services. So that's why they are so big because they they do, they, they do offer that good customer service. Um, so with the, you're, you're getting different, uh, another company doing the frontals. Um, I've actually worked with one of these companies before myself, but they, it, you can literally choose from a row, uh, like a selection of colors, right? From the row color chart. Oh yeah. I think there was, we got sent about 40 different samples mm. for the fronts. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and, and, and what, what color have you decided to go for? Uh, it's kind of like a muted green type color. We're going for a dark green in the living room and the kitchen is connected to it. So they should complement each other quite well. And then there's a, we're just doing ply front finishes for the top cabinet. So you get a bit of, uh, distinction between the two. Sure. Nice. Hopefully it'll look nice. And how about the worktops? What did you choose to go with that? Um, we're hopefully going to get a quartz kind of white or marble worktop to go on it. We're just in the process of getting some quotes for that and seeing what we can afford from the budget spreadsheet. Is um, that what the, the word for oh, hopefully? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. It kind of goes that I say what I want and then Jamie tries to fit it in the budget or tries to make it happen. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, ideally we'd have a quartz one because we do want it to last, even though it's a rental, we don't want to do the cheapest of the cheap and have to replace it yeah. every time someone moves out. We do want to kind of invest a bit in it and not have to worry about it. Sure. I think as well, like Charlotte's aim for it is that kind of not to have, I know there's a place for it, but not to have magnolia walls and sort of, I think renters should be able to expect that they have nice finishes and they have nice colors and nice furniture and stuff it's not just like you say cheapest of the cheap and renters can have sort of high design as well yeah i think i think that's how it's going now anyway it's kind of um boutique rental isn't it it's it's more yeah and so many people are renting yeah yeah that you kind of think why would you well why would you choose to have something that's a little bit tatty or just boring that you can't then put your own stamp on it. Why would you want to live somewhere like that when there could be an alternative yeah. that we're hopefully going to give to someone? And are you planning to manage 
uh, the rentals yourself, guys, or are you going to go and um, have a company do that? I think in the first instance, because it's our first one, um, we'll probably go with um, a manager to begin with. Um, okay. Hopefully, as we build up and this might become, or hopefully will become Charlotte's kind of full-time uh, project and full-time work that we can move away from using management agents and, and do it ourselves. But I think just to learn the ropes and make sure that we're all up to reg and everything, we'll, we'll use a manager to begin with. And how long do you expect this to last? Are you on, you're on schedule at the moment? Um, well, <laughs> although, although my spreadsheet has a kind of timeline, do you know that triangle of where you can have it, uh, cheap, fast or good? Yeah. We're going for the, hopefully to cost and to quality and the kind of fast bit is, uh, is a, is a variable. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been kind of held up a little bit with the planning permission side sure. of it, which was something that we didn't expect. Um, but it has given us a little bit of leeway and time to plan and prep and do all the kind of dull stuff up front. So that hopefully when that comes through, it will be bang, 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 kind of get everything done. As Jamie said, in a very quick kind of in a very quick way. And then mm. it will just be the last little touches at the end. I think that middle bit will end up being quite speedy. Fingers crossed anyway. Yeah. Good. I, I'm wishing <laughs> you good luck. Good luck guys. I mean, Thank you. Um, so I think we'd, we'd like to get you on um, maybe in uh, six to eight weeks from now. Um, I think that would be a good telling to see how you've been working with the, the, uh, the tradesmen as well. Um, and if everything has gone as smoothly and if you're on schedule and, um, uh, and if you're on budget as well, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. It's a master of spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Might, might have to, uh, to show you the, uh, the greens and the reds and the, all the little bits and pieces. So yeah, hopefully we'll <laughs> get there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can send over some of uh, your images, um, that you've had on Instagram anywhere, I'd happily put them on to, um, our, our website so people can check them out oh amazing um, thank you oh, brilliant thank you yeah so if you do that and um i've, oh, I've already wished you good luck but wish you good luck again <laughs> and um, <laughs> speak to you soon great thank you very great. much thank you very much nice to speak to you you too speak to you soon cheers <laughs> <laughs>